This program is a paid commercial announcement from Jacob Media Partners and does not reflect the views of WPHT or its management. Now on Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, WPHT, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor. If we don't move in our own direction, we're going to become extinct. In fact, in some cases, we're close to being extinct right now. Presented by the law offices of Pond, Lee Hockey, Stern, Giordano. Talk, listen, and speak to the region's most influential leaders. It's Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor. Following Temple Basketball tonight here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Welcome in, everyone, to Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor. It's the President's Hour with Pat Eiding as we join you uh, on a weekend where uh, it's a weather challenge around the Delaware Valley and we thank everybody for tuning in and being a part uh, of Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor. We're presented by Pond Lahaki. We're fueled J-Doc by the uh, Senesta Hotel where a week ago we had an incredible uh, incredible Round table was incredible. Incredible, incredible round table last week with or with the um, American Federation of Government Employees in a full house uh, at the Senesta. And I know as we get into Pat uh, to the president, Pat Eiding, uh, that's going to be one of his hot topics to begin the year. I'll turn right to you now, Pat, and say um, I always consider uh, the first show of the new year. The President's Hour, the first show, the first President's show of the new year, to have a lot of significance and a lot of importance. Not that the others do not, but this kind of sets the table for some of what you already know you need to address and what you're going to handle in 2019. Well, thanks, Joe. First of all, to our listening audience and to you you guys, uh, happy and healthy new year. Uh, I'm looking very optimistic that we're going to come together with a lot of good things in this year. I, I know we started out with uh, uh, much that was uh, was very negative to talk about, and, and we certainly were going to talk about that, but I'm optimistic. I'm optimistic that, uh, you know, the other day we, 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 we sat our, our, our governor down for a second term. Uh, I believe he's one of the smartest uh, uh, gentlemen that I've met in that position, uh, not to take away from the Rendells and those people, but uh, he really is speaking softly with a big stick, and, and we really need that big stick in the coming year. Uh, hopefully, um, we'd like to see the, uh, especially considering that we had a great election in uh, November of last year, uh, maybe not good enough to overcome all the problems that uh, we'd like to turn around, whether it be our education system, uh, you know, fairness for people, jobs for people. Uh, but I think maybe, hopefully, the the folks who sit there who lean so far on the right will take a look at the the, uh, the message from the people that they want folks to come together and get something done. And we just follow that up, uh, obviously, with uh, with the fellow that sits in the White House who uh, um, just does everything he can to hurt working people. Uh, and then gets out and rallies the working people. So he he's he's an enigma as as far as uh, uh, politics go. But 
we did have a strong election also in the House in Washington. Uh, I'm not looking for them to run around with a flag and a banner. I'm looking for them to use that influence to get somebody on the other side to sit down and try to resolve some of our problems, not the least being health care infrastructure. I mean, uh, this guy got in the White House talking about a lot of things, and all he wants to talk about now is, is, a, is a wall. And, uh, you know, it's kind of like, uh, kind of like uh, you know, the kid in, in the neighborhood who had a real football while we were using a roll of papers tied together with tape uh, when we were going to play, and he didn't have the position he wanted. He wanted to take his ball and go home. And, uh, you know, the guy who's, who's sitting in the White House is kind of kid-like. So I, I think I'm just trying to give an overview. You know, I want to talk a little bit about uh, the nurses in Philadelphia who I just admire so much, not only for what they do every day, but how they stand up for their patients. Uh, I want to talk about the teachers out in California. Uh, let me tell you, you know, there's a direct correlation with the, what the teachers are fighting in California and what we're going to be fighting here in Philadelphia. So I, I think that's an overview. Um, it sounds like I'm trying to be uh, optimistically negative, but uh, I think that's the case. We really have these fights against us. Um, I will tell you that uh, just a little bit of uh, uh, retrospect, uh, getting the fair work week uh, uh, finalized in city council was done with a lot of cooperation and dialogue between folks from the chamber, business people, and labor people, and just people out there who have need. And I think if we can take that kind of a program where when we have an issue coming up, instead of the uh, the chamber or the, the biggest talkers in the chamber say staying out of our business and us trying to fight for folks that have nothing to, to, to fight with, uh, we can sit down like we did. And I, I commend Bill Sasso and his partnership putting together roundtables that we discuss the, the laws and the issues that are already in place in different parts of the country and how we could make Philadelphia's law good but better. And so that's kind of where I, I want to go with, the, with with this first time. And, and uh, uh, again, with all those little things, I'm really optimistic because uh, I want to touch a little bit on the politics that hasn't started but is really uh, right in front of us here in Philadelphia. And Jay, Doc, I'll come to you and give you a chance to uh, uh, respond and jump into the conversation. I was reminded you referenced um, the nurses, Pat, and I was reminded this week leading up to this broadcast, uh, my Aunt Millie now is succumbing to uh, her seven-month battle uh, with cancer, and uh, she's in failure and has been transitioned into uh, hospice, and the inevitable part of her life is now coming to close. But um, I take solace in knowing that the comfort that she received and the care that she has received over the last seven months um, uh, from the nurses providing the care um, is really meaningful. And sometimes I think we don't stop to understand how important it is until we find ourselves or we find a family member uh, forced into a situation where they they need that care to be perfect and they need that care to be uh, right all the time. And, and Joe and Joe, you know, when you think about it, I know we're, we're, we're saying the same thing. Uh, you know, a little over 16 years ago, I had a uh, uh, a, a very serious uh, experience in, in Hanneman Hospital when uh, when they still had nurses' aides and, and they had a little bit more help. And, and I have to tell you, if there could be a highlight of having a four-way bypass, it, it was the nurses. I mean, you know, the everyday there. Listen, the doctors, you wonder, when's the doctor coming? Or when's the doctor coming? And, you know, they're busy and they come in. But every day and every need is, is dealt with by the nurses right then and there. That's who comforts you. That's who straightens you out when you're maybe moaning too much. Uh, 
you know, but they're the person that that gets you back on your feet and back into everyday living. And and I reflect back; it's a long time ago, and and I I'm glad I can reflect back. It's a long time ago because yeah. maybe maybe who knows? God, you know, God will. And but the nurses, so, yeah, like I said, yeah. Pat, they they don't leave the hospital. No. The doctors obviously vital important, but the truth is, the nurses are how you. You know, they implement almost everything the doctor orders. And, and I just went through as, as well on, Ju- on June 1st, the surgery. And we left one hospital to go to another hospital simply because of the nursing care. And by the way, Pat, you hit on every hot button issue, which is really, I mean, uh, literally across the board. But this is a, we, you had to rally a couple of weeks ago, and, and that was a, a really successful rally. Uh, we had Maureen May on the program uh, a couple of weeks ago. Who, and, by the way, is a great leader. She's she's uh, and she's a great person. Oh yeah, she she took over, uh, you know, uh, for Patty Aiken, who was another great leader. And so and and we all know that the the uh, the great job the nurses are doing with with the organizing and 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 what people have to realize is what they're doing is not only fighting for themselves, but they're fighting for the standards that patients um, experience in a hospital. But you know, patient safe safe. Um, Safe limits for the, the amount of nurses uh, for that care for the amount of patients. So it's like a, uh, and, and they don't say it this way, but it's the ratio between how many patients one nurse has to take care of. If you're in an, and the and, hours, Joe, that they're on their feet. I mean, they're never sitting down. Absolutely, and so it's a big deal. And if you or or a loved one is in the hospital, and Joe, by the way, are you know thoughts and prayers. Um, to your aunt, um, but you you know that if she's been in the hospital that long, you're in a situation where um, you go through a lot of experiences. You need those nurses when you push that button because sometimes you know you're your limit. And when you're in a situation where the nurses overload, and by the way, uh, some of the things that Maureen May said, th- these statistics are, are there. Uh, you know, this is a highly regulated area. Yet you got Pat. Yet you have hedge funds that own these hospitals now. Um, and in, in these safety limits that, that the nurses, uh, in, in regards to the, the, the nurse-patient ratios, um, are well-documented. The hospitals know about them. The owners of the hospitals know about them. Um, they acknowledge them. They just don't want to put them in the collective bargaining and agreements. Joe, let me tell you, you know, this, this, is, this is something that hopefully the people are listening to what I say. That, that, those people who come in here to make money off of these hospitals try to buy the nurses off. Oh, yeah. While they're fighting for better work hours and conditions to take care of the patients, they were offered more money to get off of that. So, you know, this is, this is the kind of mentality that comes into two hospitals that for years and years had great history in Philadelphia, Hanneman and St. Chris, and now they think they can buy it with money because it's about money. And the nurses are not about money, they're about patients. And if anybody's listening, we got about 30 seconds to the break, but what I'm saying is if anybody's listening and you think it's just a labor dispute, these nurses are laying themselves on the line. So your loved ones, if you imagine going to the hospital in an ambulance and knowing, oh my God, they have they don't have enough support there. So think about that if you see a picket line or something like that, and this is what they're fighting for. Not just a labor dispute, but for your for your loved ones. Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. It's the President's Hour with President of the AFL-CIO, Pat Odding. We'll take our first commercial break. Back in a moment. I won't participate on behalf of ourselves here at Local 98 or the Philadelphia Building Trades in conversations that are purely dominated on social issues that don't affect our jobs. 
And back here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, another year in front of us. This is Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor on Talk Radio 1210. It's the President's Hour with Pat Iding. Well, guys, uh, you know, I, I jumped around a lot of things because of the new year. Uh, I want to say that, you know, during the, uh, the whole shutdown issue, uh, what I'm proud of is that folks came together, not just organized labor, but organized labor to, to the main part, uh, whether it was, uh, you know, the, the crowd that the, our national president had down in Washington, D.C., marching to the White House, or, or if it's uh, how we're sitting around trying to see how we can help. Uh, you know, our state AFL-CO working hard to make sure that those folks who were out of work uh, can get unemployment. Unfortunately, the folks who were working not, weren't getting paid then. That, they had to rely on uh, whether the, the legislator and, uh, and the, this president uh, decides when they ever they do come back to work that they get paid. I mean, in the past, we've had situations where they got minimum wage. But more importantly, when I talk about the, the influence of labor across the country, I want to talk a little bit about the teacher strike in California. We could have talked about, we talked about West Virginia when they were on strike. The teacher strike in California, more so than, you know, the 30,000 teachers that are striking, the amount of, of, of solidarity and help that came together for this strike. We had unions across the whole country sponsoring food care for these kids who, if they're not going to school, because, the, you know, the whole idea is that the, the, the management, this guy who's a, a banker who runs the school board out there, uh, talked about, uh, you know, kids are going to go to school anyway. Well, and, and the reality is because of the support, after all these years of no collective bargaining agreement, the support was so strong that many unions sponsored kids eating dinners and lunches that they normally get in, the, in those places. But... Without me, you know, belaboring too much because the teachers had that kind of support from all over the country. I, I want to talk about how it correlates with us in Philadelphia and Pennsylvania. Because every day, folks don't realize it, but this House of Labor every day is involved in, in whether it be boards, committees, or, or, you know, whatever kinds of thing we can. And almost all the conversation comes about with our education system. And just like the fight in California where you know, the classes are too big. The conditions of the schools they're going to the classes is terrible. Uh, no nurses, almost no nurses, almost uh, no counselors, guidance counselors. Uh, and on top of it, we drive down the street and we see brand new charter schools being built. And I, I don't take away from those folks, but we can't have separation of country. We can't have the poorest having worse conditions and getting worse conditions. And somebody who has the fortunate to have a good job and maybe can afford their kids to go to a charter school or private school have the best. There's got to be a middle ground because if not, Philadelphia being a, the poorest city in the country is never going to get out of that hole without jobs. And these folks coming out of school who coming out of our better schools, CTE classes, that can't read and do math past seventh grade are not going to make it in other pathways. And they're not going to go to college. And, and so I think the fight, even though we're, we're kind of settled here a little bit in Philadelphia, we're in a, I think we're another year of the, the agreement for the Philadelphia teachers, folks better be aware that if, if the people up in Harrisburg fundamentally don't work with the governor and fund the school systems in Pennsylvania – 
If we don't stop uh, people like Brown standing up and saying he closed the store because of this 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 uh, uh, soda tax, quite honestly, the sugar tax is to help kids. Who else is helping them? And if if if, if quite honestly, if the beverage people would have stepped up and, and handled this tax in a more professional way, because they're still making tons of money all over these places where, uh, you know, Mr. Brown talks about he closed because he's close to the border. Well, that beverage company is making that money on the other side of the border. They could put some of that money in education here in Philadelphia. Maybe we wouldn't have to tax everybody with the, with the, with the tax. And I don't want to get into whether it's healthy or not. But these issues that, that the teachers in California have to fight, are issues that are right here in Philadelphia haven't gone away, and I don't take you know I don't take anything away from the folks who are trying to do the best they can with what they have, but we have to as a community recognize the fact that number one, we need jobs and new jobs aren't going to come here unless we have a better education system and a better way of training, and and a way to reach down into the kids that are going to these public schools and their. I don't know if it's the eighth grade or ninth grade, and start letting them know of other pathways and start educating them as we did when we had vocational schools so they can go into those pathways. Yeah, so Pat, the, the fight is going to come here, and it's not going to go away. Absolutely, and it's a complicated issue because, like you said, there's charter schools, there's private schools, and, and, and we're not taking away from anybody who can afford to send their kids there, but it's a problem that we cannot stick our head in the sand uh, and, and just pretend it's not there. And we have, because one way or the other, we could ignore the kids, but we're going to have to create more prisons. They cost money. They're, they're, they're going to be on public uh, you know, assistance for the rest of their life, and that's going to cost um, money. So the, the point is we have to address this issue. Um, it's complicated. Like you said, Pat, you have teachers in California, certainly in Philadelphia, in very difficult. I know my, my, my son's girlfriend is a, a public school teacher. She does, loves it. But at the same time, those are very challenging circumstances, and we can't pretend they don't exist. Circumstances... The circumstances in California appear to me just on the surface of trying to understand it. If that parallels here, Pat, uh, we've got major concerns. We've got serious concerns. Well, and people uh, on the right, Joe, would sit there and this is what they would say. Well, it's not my listen. It's not my fault that uh, you know that, that this um, you know the the poor people are not you know. Uh, you, studying and getting good jobs and therefore it doesn't trickle down let me tell you something you can pretend that's not you can pretend there's it's somebody else's problem it's everybody's problem and we have to help and we got to figure a way to do it yes it's complicated but like you pat the teachers they bear the brunt of it and so at the end of the day we got to figure it out so so i i think listen i i don't I, I, I think it's worth belaboring, but I, I just want to point out that we're, we read a lot in the papers about the strike in California. We read a lot in the paper about West Virginia. Uh, you know, there's a new day in Philadelphia. We, have our, we don't have the state control in our schools anymore. And so I, I think if, if folks in Harrisburg will sit down with this governor and start to come up with some ways. And I have to tell you, if, if, there's, if there's a common tax that's fair across the board— I can imagine that people wouldn't mind paying the tax because in other areas they do. I mean, they certainly do in New Jersey. They pay enough taxes to have the schools being at least upgraded when they need to. And let's take the schools that are in the city, in the hood, and get them somehow or another, get them enough funding that we can not only uh, help the teachers give them the education they need and and maybe the nurses to help them so they don't, uh, you know, their, their sickness that they're coming down don't get worse. But also the infrastructure. 
I mean, it, there, the, you know, we talk about infrastructure like it's all about roads and highways, and quite God knows it is. We need all that. But the infrastructure in the education system is probably the biggest and best investment we can do to get our schools up to and our teachers up to where they can teach the kids uh, to go forth, have good productive jobs. And I guess what it'll tell you to happen, people will come, businesses will come to Philadelphia. That's what we need. It's not just about cheap gas or this. It's about who. The, when the businesses look at an area, Amazon's a good example. I wasn't privy to all the stuff, but I'll bet you the education system and what, who's work ready for the, for the city of Philadelphia were, were big parts of the discussion. No matter how many great universities we have, it has to get down to the folks coming through school every day. Shout out, by the way, as we go to our commercial break to Jim Stevenson from up at Chapman Ford as the calendar year clicks over uh, into 2019. Uh, Jim celebrates now 35 years of unconditional support for the union community. Uh, That's Jim Stevenson at Chapman Ford. And that is just a big cheer and a big salute uh, to a gentleman who has supported uh, the union community uh, for now 35 years going into year 35. Well done uh, on your part, Jim. We're going to continue with Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor, a special show, uh, the President's Hour with Pat Eiding, president of the AFL-CIO, his first show of 2019. Back in a moment. I believe there's room, okay, for the national building trades, the local building trades, that have partnerships with the Trump administration as it pertains to energy, as it pertains to infrastructure, as it pertains to the undocumented worker. And we welcome you back to the President's Hour with Pat Eiding. This is Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor as we proudly come to you across the radio dial here in Philadelphia on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. So let's stay a little bit closer to home and talk about the uh, the positive or, or where we're going. So, uh, you know, uh, Joe and Joe, every year the for the last 15 or 16 years, what the Labor Council has tried to do is bring labor leaders from all, all parts of the labor movement to Atlantic City. And the reason Atlantic City is to get away from their, their phones and they're, you know, running down the street to take a call and that kind of stuff to come together and talk about the labor movement in the upcoming year. In this particular time, it's, it's going to be 2019. What we're doing to frame this out this year is we're, we're trying to talk about, especially with, you know, things we've talked about, Janice and, and you know, the kinds of things that are going on with lockouts and those kinds of things, uh, and some of the decisions that this president has, has made to take away the a lot of good things that the President Obama did. I mean, at one point there, it just seemed like his whole goal was to do something different than what Obama did. Uh, not that that's racist by no means. Yeah, God, God bless. Uh, but... I mean, I, th- I don't think the guy knows any other way but being a racist. But anyway, uh, the the bottom line here is w- our our plan for this upcoming. It'll be Super Bowl weekend. We'll have a party, uh, but then we'll go to work. And the the first day, we're going to try to generate a discussion about the labor movement where it is now under this administration uh, for the last year plus, and where we're going and what we can do to get. Uh, handle some of the things he's pushed down on us, not the least being this tax cut that now people are going to realize how much it's hurt them, not helped them. That's going to happen in this year. Uh, we got to see how we move forward with our own organizing, our own internal organizing, what we do to help each other. 
I think solidarity probably is a term that we use a lot, but maybe more important this this coming year than many others. And so uh, we're going to break, break that around, uh, try to bring uh, both uh, cl- uh, work classes together and, 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 and breakouts uh, around dark money. You know, these people who are trying to come in here and, and buy the way to do away with public schools and buy the way, uh, buy the elections, they come in to try to buy them and those kinds of things. And, and the, you know, the Koch brothers and all that. And we're going to have some folks there who know about that and, and can break that out to our leaders to show them just what they have to be careful of so they understand it. And hopefully on the, the last day, we try to finish up. And by the way, our mayor will be down there. And unfortunately, because of the budget, the, the governor couldn't make it or he would be there. But on the last day, we're, we're trying to bring our Congress folks together, both new and folks that have been there, uh, to talk about where we, we're gone, uh, the labor movement, how it relates to what's going on and what they can, uh, what they can, what input that they can have, uh, for guiding us. So it's going to be a, a well-involved, uh, uh, retreat. And, uh, hopefully if anybody's listening and hasn't joined in, uh, you know, call Joan at, at the, at our number and, uh, and get into it because I think you're going to, it's going to be both educational, but it's also going to be an, 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 an I time, an ideal time for folks to get together where these issues are happening in different ways, you know, and, and, uh, you know, what, what we say all the time is, you know, when folks are trying to attack your collective bargaining, it doesn't just pertain to teachers and, and, and public sector. Uh, they're waiting down the road to come after the building trades. They're waiting I, for and, everybody. And what I think also is, when we saw this with what happened with Janice, what, what's great about the leadership conference, it's an incredible, incredible event every year. And it it is, you know, where the agenda, you know, is laid out for the year. But what I love about it is, it's, it's a proactive plan. That's why, in many ways, a lot of our unions were prepared when Janice hit. They underestimated us because our leadership, like Pat Eiding and, and uh, Rick Blumendale and, 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 uh, and, and Johnny Dock in the building trades, and across the country, uh, President Trumpka, um, were prepared for this. They were prepared for I- I individuals to take a shot at our collective bargaining, to take a, a shot at our ability to to to, to um, contribute our, our dues. And when they thought we would fall, we we had already uh, internalized and we uh, we we mobilized. And so that and I and I look at the leadership conference, and I've been there many times as. A starting point for the year. It's a great event, unbelievably. Um, that you know, just to just to go down there and see it. But that's where a lot of it starts. And and you know, you, you know, hopefully people are taking note. You know, and uh, I don't know. I think I I missed a little bit of beat here and there because of the schedule for holidays and all. But you know, the building trades under John Doherty had a uh, a public uh, a publicity day just around the middle of the holidays about a, a terrible, terrible job that's taken place over at Fifth and Race. And I drive by there every night, almost every night. And I just couldn't believe as I was driving by as that job progressed or didn't progress, the conditions of the it. Mold, really, right? The mold, The mold. Well, I mean, I naturally couldn't see the mold, but I could see the, the, the fact that it was going that way because of the water and things and stuff was laying there. And, you know, coming from that world, I, we never, we, we can't, we somebody, the workers would, back up and say, you can't leave these conditions be here. So what John's message was that day, without me, you know, going too deep into it, was, listen, you know, we'll have our day of picket, we'll have our day of demonstration and handbilling, 
but it's a new day. We're going to start, you know, going into these people the way they've gone into us and, and pointing out to the public, if you will. And the uh, and we got election coming up. It's probably is one of the most important elections coming up with, with Philadelphia. The, the people who, who run our city, whether it be city council or the mayor, understand that, you know, we we represent our members and we want a fair day's pay for a fair day's work. We want benefits. By the same token, we spend millions and millions and maybe billions of dollars training our people. So when something's constructed in Philadelphia under the union banner, it's going to be done in a way that is going to be class not only for the construction, but class for the people who reside in that building afterwards. Just think about that mold that's going to be covered up. Sure. And then you or somebody goes in and rents a place for, I don't care how much it is. I don't care if it's a thousand a month or ten thousand a month. That mold's behind that wall. It didn't go away. And and so what John was saying in the message is we're going to approach this in a way that folks are going to understand what we're talking. We're talking the truth and we're talking about the betterment of this city and, and we're talking about folks who are unsuspecting people who are going to buy a whether they live here now right. or come to the city, going to buy an apartment space that it's it's livable and it, it, it is it is I mean just look at this thing that fell the building that collapsed the other day down you know last week or so down the back in June I guess it was you know OSHA is going to find that contractor but we got to get our city back in, in a situation where we have enough people, inspectors on the street. We can't let that happen. I mean, people before somebody dies, you know, exactly. People got to pay attention. People are going to have health issues moving into a building like that. And and what's tragic about that is, you got good people looking at you know real estate in you know, an office space or a, uh, a condominium or you know place where they're going to bring their families in, and there's there's an abuse of mold all over the place. And it's covered up. And, and, and the but frustrating, the ahead, frustrating thing for me about that story is some of those people who are looking yeah. are the first people to stand up and condemn. Because they're the not paying union, attention. Condemn uh, unions or, yeah. or, 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 or fight against unions, not ever understanding that the value of what the union does that for me on this show in this platform on this radio station that's my biggest frustration because that family that's looking at that that's about to be susceptible to that is the same family that's chirping the union yeah. message and keep in mind we don't want to remind people of terrible things that happen but down on 22nd street when when that building collapsed the first alarm came from union construction workers who were working right down the street that saw this was this was something that was going to happen and and try to warn people and by the way were the first the first people on site to try to help those folks who who were hurt so bad and and, and died thrown this thing and so i think john's message not to get away from the message is it may not be a picket line but we are going to be watching and we're going to be watching the city whoever wins this coming election we'll talk about the election coming up in 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 the the, the you know, coming year that that the laws of the city that are in place are enforced and the laws that we need for the city get put in place because we can't let these things happen under our watch. So the diligence of the business representatives and the people who are out on the street every day making sure their, their members are, are treated fairly are also going to be looking around for these other things that are happening. Now, folks can think take this on as, as, a, as a special interest because it's worked for us. But guess what? If we do the work, we're going to do it right, and the residents of that building are going to have a place to live that's safe, and the workers are going to be working safe. So that's, that's the message John sent, and I think that's a clear message. 
Absolutely. Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, the President's Hour, uh, with the president of the AFL-CAO, Pat Eiding, joining us. We'll get into our final commercial break uh, of the show. We'll return with J-Doc and Pat Eiding uh, and roll uh, to the top. Back in a moment. I've been coming out of step with them guys, okay? And I was a treasure to the Democratic Party. You know, I've been a loyal Democrat my whole life. But I've told people, and it hasn't, like I told you, it just didn't resonate with this election. If you look at the last few years, I've been telling people we have to become a little bit more individual. We have to be more of our own brand. Mm -hmm. We have to do a better job of becoming a business. And back here on Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor, the President's Hour with Pat Eiding, kicking off. Uh, 2019, a couple of bullet points or a couple of uh, things to pay attention to as the year rolls on. Uh, one being the return of the All-Star Labor Classic. We'll be sure uh, to get or uh, to keep our listening audience updated on some new and exciting details for the All-Star Labor Classic that will be in April of 2019. That's the month it is always held. Uh, and it really is a phenomenal uh, and incredible event that uh, the entire community comes together for. And Joe, we'll be talking about it more, but uh, notably is that uh, because of stuff that happened with this, the UAC, the cerebral palsy, and uh, and the Blossom situation, uh, the labor's picked up right away, and we found an, another good cause, which is muscular sclerosis. And, and MS in Philadelphia has done a great job, uh, not the least being Larry Kane, who folks may know, uh, uh, was very involved in, in the Philadelphia branch, now it's branch. So that's our charity this year, and we, we hope the same enthusiasm uh, for, and I have to tell you, there's some strong people that are walking around with MS that fight every day and you don't even know they have it. So that that's a good cause. We'll talk about more when we get close. But because we're coming into the new year and, and, you know, politics is always hanging over our head, I have to point out that 2019, for us folks who live here in the city, this is the big important election. This is the one. This, this you know, we were fortunate because we got the governor back in, as far as I'm concerned, for the citizens of the state. But the city of Philadelphia, there's going to be there's there's upwards of maybe 60 different people going to be running for something in the city of Philadelphia. And the most important to me, certainly, is the mayor and city council. And so uh, we really really have to pay attention. And I I don't want to go politically right now, but uh, I know that in our world, uh, this mayor has stood up uh, and done some great things as far as I'm concerned. But again, another person that kind of carries a big stick and walks softly. But but. You know, it's something we have to think about. Uh, it's something we have to think about as far as the direction the schools are going in, as far as uh, uh, other 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 things that we can come together. Because if we're able to bring some sort of legislation to the city council and the mayor, we'd like them to be together on it uh, if it's for the good of the people. So there's a lot. Listen, the tax thing, there's a, there's a whole lot around it. But the thing that people have to think about is a lot of people going to be running for a lot of positions. And this is our election. This is the city of Philadelphia. And so the next, you know, the next four years are, are laying in, head, in front of us now. And so we have to pay attention to that. And I think that's that's very important. And um, listen, uh, you're going to see in the next coming days a lot more of the folks who are already in office. Sure. But and no disrespect to any of them. But I think what's really important for us to do is keep an open mind. Let let the debate come forward and take a look at it. If there's some good young folks out there that want to get involved in some position, we ought to keep an open mind about it because yeah. I, I think that's the direction we have to make sure the city goes in. And you talk about the current mayor, and he's made some tough decisions. I mean, 
even the, the current council with the soda tax, that they knew that wasn't going to be popular. I mean, obviously, it's it's a it's a it's a big change, uh, and some people have taken advantage of the, of it of it uh, public relations wise, like Mr. Brown. Uh, but at the same time, um, it it was a difficult decision. But what he did was he he decided to to to, to go on the side of the kids and 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 their development, and so. He has, uh, you know, done a great job in a lot of areas uh, and has made some difficult decisions that I think we're going to benefit from in the long haul. And Joe, we can't keep talking about it. I mean, you know, if if we don't do something and, Absolutely. you know, we're going to be paid in other ways. Exactly. And, and you know, and earlier in this show, we talked about how important, you know, not just because the teachers are fighting the fight, how important it is, how important it is for these kids to be able to start reading. And when you talk to a teacher. And their heart and soul is in in these kids. They'll tell you that reading is so important to be able to take the next step and the next step. And at an early age. You can't learn Latin if you can't read in the United States. I mean, you know, that's that's the way it is, you know. And and you've said a lot of times, you you, you mentioned, and this I thought was a great point earlier in the broadcast, where you're talking about kids who, you know, I mean, you're fighting for, for... uh, the kids to get a good education. You can't just leave the public school kids behind, okay? No. Just because they, they may not be in a situation that, by the way, is not their own fault um, that they can't afford to go to a, a private school or something like that. The, the reason that's important is not only to get in college, but even in, in our building trades and in our unions, you need to be able to take a wow. test to be able to, to, you know, to be able to read and write in a specific area. And you have jumped up and down about that. And I think there's a couple good things, and hopefully in another show, not the least being the laborers training program that I think a partner with Temple is going to be great. But I I think it's important we need to close this show with with some thoughts about a a gentleman who – uh, not only fought for, for died for working people, for the common people, for the common cause. And, you know, Martin Luther King is, is you know, we celebrate it every year. We, we, we do a lot of good things. But it's more important to live what he fought for and to make that become real. Let's not just talk about history with Martin Luther King. You know, uh, we, we celebrated his birthday, celebrated uh, uh, on Monday, but uh, we, you know, earlier this week we celebrated the, the 16th of January, which is renowned. But what's more important in the celebration is that we live what he said was right. And that he stood out there for working people because they deserve to. And I won't even try to say some of the quotes, but some of the quotes are, are, are fantastic. But but because he recognized, and we need to recognize, that we all have a right to come up to a level where we can live, at the very least, comfortably. You know, we, and the we, way out you know, is to a good job. Exactly. And, and so when we talked about all the things we talked about, how, you know, coming together for the teachers in California, coming together for the teachers here, coming together for the nurses, what I, it's all his message. It's his message that, that he stood out there and marched with, with the, the city workers uh, and, and, and stood up for them because they had a right to be just as important as the person running that city. And, 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 and let me and, 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 and elaborate on that. People... Obviously, Martin Luther King was a great civil rights leader, but he was as much a a leader of labor as he was anything. He talked, you talk about his quotes, talking about deceptive terms like right to work that would fool people, regular people, into thinking that's a good thing. When you look at his quotes, they were as re- they were as relevant if he said them today as when he said them back in the sixties. So and so, Joe and Joe, what I would say this: Let's celebrate on Monday. 
you know we'll we'll be at the lunch there'll be stuff going on at the uh, at the the school and and I don't know how we'll do at the Liberty Bell and, and and that but I'm sure it'll be filled with people but the important thing is the message that comes about through all that celebration continues on through the coming year as we stand up for for working people for the poorest people in the country right here in the city of Philadelphia and make sure our kids have the right to have a good classroom and a good teacher and 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 a good education Absolutely. And, and that the teachers have the, the tools and resources they need to be able to educate the children at all levels. Because like we've said, the education is the, is the pathway to the job. And that's a, a very important. Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor, the President's Hour with Pat Eiding, President of the AFL-CIO, presented by Pond Lahaki, powered by Weinerman Pain and Wellness, fueled by Senesta Hotel, and driven by Chapman Ford and our good friend Jim Stevenson, as well as we are heavily supported, J-Doc, by various locals from around the Delaware Valley, Absolutely. and we're glad to be here on Talk Radio 1210 uh, WPHT. When the President's Report airs in February, We'll get a great update from the Leadership Conference, and we'll see how that all plays out. We'll be right back here next Saturday at 7 p.m. This is Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor. On behalf of Pat Eiding, on behalf of J-Doc, I'm Joe Krause. See you next time, everybody. This program is a paid commercial announcement and in no way represents the views of WPHT or its management.